Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, this week I've got an awesome conversation for you with Jody Lasky. Jody is a seasoned entrepreneur, coach, and author with extensive knowledge in neuropsychology, accountability, productivity, and introversion. Drawing on her background in communication, culture, and technology, as well as law, Jody has dedicated her career to understanding leadership and personal tendencies. Her coaching program, The Introvert Founder, leverages her understanding to help introverted entrepreneurs navigate the complexities of business success, encouraging them to work in harmony with their natural tendencies rather than battling against them. In our conversation today, we talk about using ideas from agile product development and implementing them for personal goal setting and planning. But we also explore issues around neurodivergence, particularly focusing on ADHD and introversion. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash 146. This episode is brought to you by AG1. I gave AG1 a try because meeting all my nutritional needs with ADHD can be hard and I wanted something easy that could fit into my daily routine. I drink AG1 in the morning while I'm making my coffee, and it makes me feel like I'm getting my day off to a good start. There's a lot that goes into making sure that I'm doing all the right things for my body, from exercising to sleeping to eating. AG1 makes it easy to know that I'm hitting my nutritional needs every day. With vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients, I know that I'm going to have all my bases covered. It's just one scoop in a cup of water, so even on those days when my executive dysfunction is hitting hard, I know that AG1 is covering me. So, if you want to take ownership over your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash ADHD. That's drinkag1.com slash ADHD. Check it out. All right, keep on listening to find out how ADHD and introversion aren't so different after all. Let's start with, well, what is agile product development? And then we can kind of jump into how we would apply it to ourselves. Fantastic. Agile product development is probably 10 or 15 years old now. It is a way to literally develop software faster instead of using traditional project planning with scheduling everything and knowing exactly how everything's going to go, which you don't know at the beginning of a development process. And it's all guessing. You plan a couple of weeks in advance. You start with understanding what the big goal is and you break it down into smaller and smaller details. And you use those things to develop what's called a product backlog. And that's a to-do list. Mm-hmm. All of the things that have to be done. And then agile teams work in sprints, which are often about two weeks, four weeks, something like that. And at the end of that cycle, there is always something that is done that can be shown to people. It's real progress being made on the project. So instead of we're going to go into a back corner and develop some software and we'll show it to you in six months and it'll work and it'll be what you want. It gets shown to a representative of the customer every two weeks with new features and new elements and they have to work. And one of the rules of that is whatever you decide at the beginning of the scrum will be part of that scrum. That's it. Closed. You don't add more. No good idea fairies can change the scrum. They get sent to the product backlog. Beginning of every scrum, you sit down as a team, look at the priorities, sit with the customer representative, if there is one, and decide what are we going to do for these two weeks. 
And everything is broken down to about how long things will take. Not down to the minutes, which is part of the ADHD brain and time management. Mm -hmm. We can't do it. But we're talking a popular way of doing it is clothing size. Small, medium, large, extra large. That's it. And you get to know, okay, in a week period, in a two-week period, whatever, as a team, we can do this combination of sizes. So it becomes easier and easier and easier and faster and faster and faster, both to develop and to know what you're going to do in the two-week period. And any good idea fairies that come along in the middle of a scrum get sent to the product backlog. Great idea. We'll reevaluate it later. So it keeps you focused on what you've said you're going to do in that period without losing any of the actual good ideas. Okay. And just to be clear, the Scrum is just like a beginning process where you're figuring out what's going in that plan. It's actually the two-week period. Okay. So you have Scrum planning at the beginning. You have a daily Scrum session, which is like a 15-minute stand-up where people say, you know, I'm working on this, but I'm having trouble with X. 15 minutes, boom, 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 boom. What do you need? Keep things moving. Because the whole process is about keeping things moving. So for personal goal setting and productivity, I personally work in one week cycles. And I work from Sunday night to Friday night. I do my planning on Sunday night. So everything is set for Monday morning and I can get into it. And I finish on Friday, so I'm not doing it over the weekend. Because that's really important to me. And to all of us with ADHD, like we need our time to not have to think about anything. And it's really about being careful with not saying, oh, well, I know that these things are my top priorities and they're all extra large and I'm going to get them all done in one week. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing that more. So what is really the top priority? You know, how long are those phone calls that we spend forever not doing because we just think it's going to turn into a huge thing. But we can rationally look at it when we're separate in the planning process and say, it's a phone call. It's small. It may feel big, but it is small once I actually get to do it Mm -hmm. and do it that way. I like the idea also when we have these ideas, we're going, okay, I'm not going to just dismiss it. I'm going to write it down and give it thought about it because often also be like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And then I have written it down and look at it a week later. I'm like, Maybe also that doesn't need to happen too. And so it just becomes a lower priority. You still don't have to say, no, I'm never going to do it. But you know what? It felt burning at that point. Now, not a bad idea, but it's not a top priority. I write novels mm-hmm. in my spare time. And I get that a lot with ideas for new novels. Like these clever little, oh, wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah, in the moment it was. And then I go back and look at it and say, that's not a whole book. It's kind of funny, but it's not a whole book. I have a lot of writing ideas and it's often like looking back on them. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a concept that could go into a book. But on its own, it's not much. Exactly. I think that also applies to a lot of like the ideas we have for things we should do. We're like, oh, I should reorganize something in my kitchen when it's really like, oh, it's not a complete idea on its own. That needs to be part of a bigger project. And if it's part of a bigger project, that means I need to give it more weight. So. I was watching a TikTok today of a woman who reorganized her pantry. And step one is ignore the stack of dishes in the sink, which, yeah, is what we all do. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of it, she was totally bored and just shoved everything back in. It looked pretty if you looked quickly, but you couldn't find anything. It's really knowing how long things are going to take 
Again, we're bad at that, but you know it's going to be next to a long project. And do you have it in you right now for an extra large project? Maybe you want to find a medium or even a large. Yeah. And I think really a big key there is like figuring out what you are capable of at the time and then having some sort of reference to what you're getting into is a good idea. I love the idea of kind of applying these ideas of how to do planning maybe in a more fun way and a way that's going to work with the fact that we have so many ideas and want to implement so many new things along the way. Yes. There are no bad ideas. Okay, we all know that's not true. But when we have them, we usually don't think they're bad ideas. But if they're a really great idea, they'll be a great idea in a week. Yeah, which is funny because we're like, oh, I don't want to lose my momentum on this idea. And I'm like, you won't lose momentum if it's a really good idea to do. Because you'll be excited to start again later too. You're only excited to start one time. That's also like a huge red flag that, hey, you're also not going to keep up that system either. Yeah. Sometimes being excited to do things one time is totally all you need. Mm -hmm. Or housework. Housework is my downfall. I'm never going to keep up on it. I know I will never keep up on it. But I will take doing something once over not doing it at all. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, just in terms of like, often our ideas are like, I'm going to set up this new system, how I'm going to do this thing. And then turns out, maybe I don't like that system. The kindest thing we can do for ourselves is, accepting who we are and what things will never change. I convince myself to massively clean my house twice a year. That's it. And as part of that, every time I would always bring all my shoes from the front door area up and put them away in the bedroom. And within a week, they were all back at the front door. I've given up. I arranged them neatly at the front door. That's something I can maintain. They're not going to stay upstairs. They're just not. I've accepted that. It took me way too long to accept something that simple. And it also like looking at things about how you actually use them versus the envisioned perfect system, even though that system clearly isn't perfect. Embrace who you are. Yeah, I think that's a huge key to working with your ADHD because it's so easy to be like, this is how things are supposed to be, but I can't make that happen. We have a limited amount of working memory capacity, spoons, whatever analogy you want to use, use them where it counts. All right. I want to switch gears here a little bit too, because we also have a bunch of stuff to talk about introversion and extroversion, which seems Mm -hmm. really interesting in regards to ADHD, because for a lot of people, it's like, oh, ADHD must be this super extroverted trait. I myself feel fairly introverted most of the time. From what I've seen, it's high percentage of ADHDers are also introverted. Yes. And the reason is that both are based on a lack of dopamine. So introverts, leaving ADHD aside, have fewer dopamine receptors than extroverts. And the reason why it's a spectrum, and you'll hear some people talking about how they're ambiverts, and sometimes they like the big, loud crowds, and sometimes they need the quiet, because it's not like either you have a ton or you have few, you have some number of receptors. And anything that your brain can't absorb, you don't have enough receptors, it goes to a different neurotransmitter that takes a longer pathway through the brain and winds up a lot of the symptoms Symptoms of ADHD look a lot like introversion, spending a lot of time in your head. The full conversation is very rich in her life. Is that ADHD? Is that introversion? Mm-hmm. The verbal processing delay that a lot of ADHDers have, well, introverts have it because information literally takes a longer path through our brain. So when you add those on top, you're getting that even more. Yeah, because I know one-on-one, I tend to be very good with talking to people, but you put me in a group of like five or six people, suddenly they're like, oh, why is Will so quiet? It's like taking me such a long time to process what people are saying, and then I can't jump in at the right moment ever. 
And introversion is more about how you get your energy. When you're tired, when you're drained, do you get more energy going out and being in a big crowd? Or are you happier either alone or with the people in your life you don't consider people, as I tend to put it? Like the good friends who you're comfortable with, who you don't have to mask around, who you don't have to pretend, three or four people top, maybe your wife, your daughter, a good friend. Which way do you get your energy? That's the best indicator of introversion versus extroversion. Yeah. And it's also interesting to think about with like the things like masking itself is a very draining process. So if you are constantly masking, then you're going to naturally kind of be inclined to be more introverted because you're being drained by all that extra work you're doing. Exactly. And so with what you do, you do a lot of like leadership coaching in regards to this introversion, right? Yep. What are you looking for in that coaching there? If you go and you read the different leadership books, a lot of them are pushing or start from the assumption that you're an extrovert and Mm -hmm. you want to go out and you're great with people. Introverts aren't necessarily bad with people. We hate small talk. So remembering everyone's name. I personally am bad with names, but remembering, oh, that person's wife has been sick. That person's father has had X. Like that's just not where we're strong. But it's those little touches that make employees feel like they're cared for. Yeah. So it's finding the balance of I tend to forget about small talk. Like I jump in to what I need to say. I don't want to engage with people for any longer than necessary. That's not 100% true. But whatever it is that's in my brain when I go to seek someone out, that's what comes out. And I have to make a conscious decision, sort of like masking, to stop and remember to say, hey, how was your weekend? Hey, how's that project you're doing? Hey, what's going on? And then do that without forgetting what I actually wanted to talk to them about. So tricks for remembering those things. And it's okay to keep lists whether they're on your phone or on a notebook, whatever you need so that you review quickly, right? This person has this going on. Use your tools, use the electronic tools to remind you of those things. That's what they're there for. Don't try to remember. I don't try to remember anything anymore. That's what tools are for. Yeah. And I mean, we were talking about our deficits in working memory earlier. And like, this is a uh, accessibility issue for us. Literally, I mean, I've done so many groups where we're like, okay, we'll go around the circle and introduce everyone. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to keep that. Like, I'll be able to be keep this exact pattern of names for a little bit. But once we break the circle, it's gone. Oh, I won't even keep it for that long. Partly because the whole time everyone else is introducing themselves, I'm going to be thinking about what I need to say and what I want to say and how I want to say it. And will it come off weird or will it come off funny? Like, what is the tone of this group? Where can I fit that sweet spot? That or I'll be like, zoom in on one person. Like, okay, I'm going to remember your name. And then like three people later, I'm like, oh, I needed to remember their names too. And then forget that first person's name. Working memory capacity. So yeah, using the uh, things to write things down and keep notes is definitely a great thing for us to be doing. I'm sure some people will push back that we have a lot of like, shoulds in our head, like, oh, I should just, I shouldn't do that. Or I should. Well, it feels inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And everyone is all about authenticity. In reality, what people care about is that they are cared about. So is it creepy to write it down? Maybe. But I remembered to ask you, like, I remembered it enough to write it down to take the note. I wanted to make sure I followed up. Is it creepy? Or is it caring? And that is always in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah, I do like that reframe of being like, okay, is this 
negative? Or is this a way that I'm showing that I care about what you're saying? Because I know I'm not going to remember it on my own. Yeah. And it is important to me, but my brain is my brain. Yeah. Which is, I think having that reframe is if someone like approaches you, like, why are you doing this? You can be like, Hey, this is why. Yep. Probably me doing the introverted overthinking things, but. uh, As we do. Yeah. So I'm also just thinking about how our introversion might be interacting more with our ADHD here as well. Very much so. Between the two, we are told a lot that our ways of communicating are wrong. And that can't possibly be. There are so many of us suffering from different executive dysfunction issues, different brain delays, whether it's caused by this neurotransmitter that takes too long or by ADHD. It's just not what we see in popular media. It used to be that it was about 50-50 introverts, extroverts until about 50 years ago in the U.S. It is now something like three to one extroverts to introverts. Mm -hmm. I think that is people not wanting to embrace their introvert nature. If you look at the number of people who had trouble going back to the office post-COVID saying, I'm just so tired now. I used to be able to go to work and then go out and do X, Y, and Z, and now I can't. They were masking their introversion for years. And that time away from it all allowed them to embrace their nature. If you watched Friends, no one wanted to be Ross, who was the closest to an introvert on that show. Mm-hmm. Like He was the one everyone made fun of. He was the introvert. Everyone wanted to be Joey or Chandler or Monica or Phoebe. We didn't want to be the introvert. We don't want to be the one with ADHD unless it comes off as quirky and fun. And even then, it's sometimes it's like, do they like me or do they like my ADHD? Do I have to keep up the show? Am I just here as entertainment? But the more you can embrace and accept your neuro differences, whether it's ADHD or introversion or both, the more you stop fighting it and the more you can find ways to work with it. All right. And thinking about what are some ways we can work with our introversion then? Because I talk a lot of ways about working with our ADHD, but I'm thinking specifically with introversion, how that might work. In a lot of ways, it's going to be the same thing. It's embracing your need to be in your head, your need to be alone, not feeling because I coach a lot of startup founders and solopreneurs, you don't have to go to every networking event. You should not go to every networking event. Pick the ones that are most important. Pick the ones where you will really be in front of the people you need to be with. Set a set work day. If you decide that you're going to work a 10-hour day, that's fine. But the whole hustle culture mm-hmm. thing, no, it's not going to work. You're going to burn yourself out. I very much embrace a Monday through Friday schedule. With my way of doing the agile stuff for a number of reasons, I do have two exercises. I do one on Saturday, one on Sunday, but neither one takes more than 30 minutes. And it's something I have to do when I'm not working because I need the clear mind separate from the workday for it. Take your weekends, take your evenings, take your early mornings whenever you need, but take that time to let your brain rest. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to hear because I know I used to be in that mindset of like, I'll just work till I don't want to work anymore. And sometimes I'm, you know, working to 10 at night or something. And it's like, okay, well, now I have to go to bed and get up and immediately start things again. And I'm skipping all this rest that I really do need. And look, once in a while, it's going to happen. We hyper focus. It's who we are. Fine. But once a month, not once a week. Yeah. Yeah. This was more like, Every day. Yeah. I had to really review how I was spending my time. It's easy with ADHD to just want to do all of the things all of the time. Yep. On a day where we can work, we can't waste 
that brain day, as opposed to realizing if I didn't hyper-focus for 12 hours yesterday, perhaps my brain would be working better today. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's also a really important point to be like, yeah, when you do overdo things, you're going to have more of those days where you can't do anything. For some people, that's going to be a trade-off that's worthwhile. You know, like they do like really big projects once a week. Right. That works for you. But I know for me, I can't keep, I have kids, so I can't. <laughs> They dictate a lot of my schedule now, and yeah. I have to be able to like be like, okay, if I want to have more of even energy flow, I need to be taking rest and you know really defining what my maximum limit is and not getting close to it. That's it exactly. So I am a big fan of rituals because we know we do not create habits. Mm-hmm. So there will not be habits. But every morning when I come down for the day, I journal and then I do an hour of work on the boring part of the business, right? Every day. At the end of the day, which I define as 5 p.m., I put things away. I write down my list of priorities for the next day. And then I close work for the day. And now I am home. And having those definite triggers in the brain, nope. And again, the product backlog, the good idea fairy, write it down when you think of it. Deal with it tomorrow. Officially add it to the backlog tomorrow if that's what you need to do. Scribble the to-do list. Whatever it is, capture it, but capture it and let it go. Because after your work day is over, be home, be resting, be dealing with these other things. Because it's easy to not do it. And having those clear triggers gives you like, hey. And I think the other advantage to this, which always comes up for me, is that it is easier for me to ignore distractions. Like if I'm like, I really want to play some video games. If I know I'm going to have time for it later, if I'm just going by the seat of my pants and maybe I'll just do a little bit right now because I know I'm not going to do it later. Or and I'm there's gonna... no doing a little bit when it's something like play a video game or watch some television yeah. or, and those kinds of triggers for me usually mean that I haven't given myself enough downtime. If in the middle of the day, I'm like, I really want to go watch the next episode of whatever show I'm binging. I know two things. One is that I have not given myself enough downtime. And two is that I'm not going to watch one episode. Mm -hmm. If I could watch one episode, I wouldn't be me. It's like being like, I'll just watch two TikToks. Sure. That's not how that platform works. (laughs) Nope. It's not designed for that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think can wrap up here. I think that was a really good overview of a lot of topics that I think a lot of people get a lot out of. Is there uh, anything you want to leave people with here? I am going to put together a sort of one pager on how I do Agile. If any of your listeners are interested, Agile for personal productivity, what my daily schedule looks like, what my weekly schedule looks like and make that available for your listeners if they're interested at the introvertfounder.com slash ADHD. They can also find me on LinkedIn, but all of that is available from the website. We'll limit what anyone has to remember. Yeah, I know. And also it's a feel like social media is kind of in a a people time right now. We're all like, where do we really want to be? All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Will. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. And thanks again for Jody for coming on the show. Remember to go check out introvertfounder.com slash ADHD to get that free one pager on agile planning. But before you go, let's go over this episode's top tips. One, we can consider using agile planning and scrum for our planning by tracking progress in short cycles, maintaining a to-do list or backlog and managing our priorities. 
backlog is especially helpful for keeping ourselves on track as new ideas come up. Two, introversion and extroversion are more about how you recharge your energy. Introverts tend to recharge by being alone or with a few close friends, while extroverts gain energy from being in larger groups. Understanding this about yourself can help you better manage your energy throughout the day and try and avoid burnout. Three, whether it's introversion or ADHD, we should stop fighting against our natural tendencies and instead find ways to work with them. We can work on accepting our neurodivergence and explore ways that can serve us in our personal and professional life. For many of us, this means avoiding hustle culture that promotes working incessantly. We need to be able to prioritize a balanced schedule that allows for rest and personal time. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Feel free to connect with me over at hackingyouradhd.com contact. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com 146. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do so is to tell someone about the show, especially if you think a particular episode would resonate with them. Just click the share button on your podcast player, or you can consider supporting me on Patreon. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com Patreon to find out more. And now for your moment of dad. I was trying to figure out how much a rainbow weighs, because it looks like it's pretty light, 